Welcome to Behind the Scenes, the podcast where we delve into the diverse perspectives of the brilliant minds at Ensura, one of the world's most experienced power and water consulting firms. This podcast comes to you today from Nipaluna, Hobart, the traditional country of the Moena people of the Southeast Nation. We acknowledge the Tasmanian Aboriginal people and their ongoing connection to culture and country, and the traditional owners of other lands people are joining from today. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Join us as we explore the stories of talented individuals shaping a sustainable future. Discover who they are, uncover the intricacies of their role, and explore what drives their passion. Get ready for an insider's view into the heartbeat of Ventura and the journey toward a more sustainable tomorrow. My guest today is Gabby Tregertha. Gabby is an electrical engineer with five years experience in both consultant and contracting electrical engineers. Gabby has delivered projects of all sizes within the Tasmanian building sector, from concept design right through to construction and management. Gabby, welcome. Thanks. The very first question today, Gabby, who are you? I try everything, been everywhere, bit of a just have a go at anything kind of person. Um, I come from you know, small coastal town and just anything that's different or interesting, I'll pretty much have a go at. So, And that's been the case since kind of school years? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, if there was something that was, oh, you could go and do this, I'd go and do it. So um, I grew up in you know, really lovely part of Tasmania where we had access to hydroelectric power stations and rivers. So I grew up ordering water and that was normal. So when I was 16, I did raft guiding and and all these qualifications in outdoors because that was so available and so amazing around me and I had a supportive family. And then when I came down to uni, um, changed track a few times and just tried a few different things. So I had to go at medical school. Turns out I make a terrible doctor. Um... (laughs) swapped around the different sciences and finally landed on engineering and have gone forth and conquered since. Fantastic. So in the engineering space, what drew you to electrical? So there's a slightly funny story with that one. I was told not to do electrical engineering by the like one of the main lecturers at uni, um, that I would be appalling at it, and uh, not to turn up in his classes again. And then the next year I was front row and it had just clicked in between. Um, and it just, everything made sense and was crystal clear. So... I'd gone from being, you know, very trying hard but not doing great to actually being pretty pretty all right at it. And did that lecturer come around? Oh, yeah, no, he was thrilled towards the end. <laughs> um, I'm still in contact with him many, many years later. Um, but, yeah, he's, he remembered that. Like when I was finishing up, he's like, I don't know how you managed it, but you did. <laughs> Fantastic. So you mentioned that you grew up around hydropower stations. Mm. Is that, did that inform your coming to work for Ventura? Not intentionally. Like certainly the first power station I got to work at when I joined Ensura was um, one of the power stations that I grew up around. So it was a uh, Allen power station, which is a baby one in the fleet um, up in the Mersey Forth. Um, and so I, I grew up rafting those rivers and camping up there and bushwalking around, you know, some spectacular um, scenery up there. Um, it was something I was very aware of, but... Um, one of the reasons I wanted to go to Insuru is because we do so much more than just our work with hydro. Like we've got an amazing background um, and are able to draw on all of the skills 
and support that we give to hydro, but we are able to apply that anywhere. So had a really cool project um, uh, last year, um, which was working on a hydroelectric plant in Papua New Guinea. Um, so that was kind of like a bit different. And then, you know, we, we do all sorts of things all over the South Pacific and the rest of Australia. So there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of awesome people doing a lot of really cool work. Mm. So that opportunity in Papua New Guinea, mm. what what were the highlights there? That one was an interesting one because it was my first. So that particular project, I was brought on to sort of assist another engineer in upskilling in an area that I was quite good in and do for hydro, but I just didn't have capacity to do it full time. So that was probably one of my first sort of big teaching sort of, well, not teaching, but like working through with someone who's doing it for the first time and like having to go through that process with them. And then they've gone forward and, and you know, after I left working with that project, they've done some big changes on it and they're now a really competent engineer. So I was really, really glad that I had a little bit of an impact there. And You're handing and, that knowledge forward. Yeah, and it was nice that they seemed to enjoy it. So I'm, I'm glad that it was a positive experience for them. Yep. So taking a back step, coming out of uni, where did you go straight out of, out of that? So my first job out of university was to join, um, at the time it was the biggest uh, construction project in the history of Tassie uh, in terms of dollar figures. So not going to pretend it goes towards like, you know, Gordon Dam or that, but it was um, dollar-wise the biggest one we'd had. Uh, it's now been surpassed, unfortunately, by the, 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 the bridge works that they're currently doing. But that was um, K-Block, which is a you know, tier one trauma centre for the state. Um, and I joined the construction team on that. Okay. And what did you find interesting and challenging about those sorts of projects? That one, I initially was keen to get involved because it was a tier one project. They just don't come along that often in Tasmania, if ever. Um, it was a pretty cool crew that were working it. So it was a, a lot of FIFO mainland workers, so a lot of experience to be able to draw on there. Um, it was a fixed timeline, so I knew, like, okay, we're going to be constructing it over this period. And it was a cool experience to try being, you know, outside of the norm for Tassie's market inside Tassie. Mm. Um, but it was also because I knew that that project was going to be really painful and challenging, but it would have a tangible impact on the state, people's lives. And I've since spoken to people who had their babies there. You know, I've had friends who have gone in, unfortunately, and tried out the helipad and gone in through that way, including a colleague who was flown. He didn't fly onto the helipad, but he did have to be flown down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really nice to know that, you know, it had a tangible effect on people's lives and it'll probably have a tangible effect on my life. Mm. So that project finishing and then coming across to Intura, what was the, what was the driver I actually had a step in between. Okay. So after I finished at the hospital construction-wise, um, I'd had a lot of experience of, you know, a project and a way that it was done. And I thought, oh, kind of like to have a crack at designing this stuff myself because that was obviously building someone else's design and sort of modifying it throughout the construction process and managing a lot of contractors. So could I do that? Could I do it better in some ways? Where would I make mistakes? So I went down that path and joined a local consultancy in building services and worked there for a couple of years. And that was great. I got to do a lot of really interesting design work and got really challenged. Um, but I sort of had a realisation um, probably about three and a half years in that, uh, sorry, into my career that um, I was doing okay. I could keep working at it for another 10 years and I'd be doing similar work. I'd be getting more efficient and better. But would I 
would I be as stimulated and happy about what I had spent my early career specialising in? Um, or did I want to seize that opportunity and go, okay, cool, let's try something different? Um, and at the same time, the role at Insurer came up and it just fitted. I knew people who had worked there before, so I had like some insider knowledge on what it was going to be like and it just really nicely clicked and the team and I seem to really nicely click. It's got a really cool um, group of people that I get to work with every day. So, yeah. And so the projects that you're working on currently, mm-hmm. how do they span the internal, as in the hydro portfolio, but then also the external stuff? Yeah. So most of my work tends to be on the internal side. So I do a lot of um, low voltage AC upgrades for hydro power stations. I do a lot of audits and general consultancy for them on some of the different bits and bobs they've got there. Lighting design, which comes from back from my building services stuff, um, which they seem to really value because I think it's it's one of those things that isn't a normal hydro power engineer's job is to go and do lighting systems, but it's actually really important. Um, but then I also get to do a pile of work with TAS Networks with like earthing audits um, and around that sort of sphere. And then because we do all this awesome work for them, that also translates to doing mainland sort of power station work and substation work. And then uh, we also do breach into um, you know, wind farm owners engineering stuff and, and some design. And um, at the moment, I'm doing a little bit of work with some solar farm projects. So okay. And how do you find that? It's been good. I've enjoyed it. Um, and then there's always opportunities to go and do like owners engineering and consultancy traveling. So hopefully get some more travelling in. Yeah. Are we talking national, international? How would you, how um, you see that? I'm hoping it? to get on a few international trips, but I've also like put my hand up for pretty much anything. I, I mean, an awesome part in the career where I don't have um, a lot of responsibilities that I can't like, that hold me from, you know, travelling. I don't have kids or anything like that. So I, I'm free and available and, and keen to try different projects around the place. And at the front of the room with your hand firmly up. Yes. <laughs> so coming through high school and uni, um, you had a, a not straight path to mm. engineering. What advice would you give anyone looking to follow in your footsteps? I think the thing that's probably always um, been like a key thing for me was um, to just try everything and if you don't like you try it and it's not quite 100% what you want pivoting's fine there's no problem with that you're not behind you've got different experiences um and then part of that is I think when we we build up an idea of what we think we want to be or like oh we've done all of this work so we're definitely going to be that so we're going to go off and be a lawyer or we're going to be you know I'm going to be um a building services engineer and then pivoting and trying something new it doesn't mean that you've just lost all of that time like you've learnt lessons, but I also, one of the other big parts of that is um, to separate yourself and your own identity from what it is that you do. Some people, it's really important what they do for their identity. Um, I remember when I came out of med school, that was a huge part of my identity and I kind of had just realised that it wasn't going to be and I needed to change my change my approach. Um, so you have a morning with that and just sort of to to push out and focus on who you are and what you're interested in. And then your career should support that. It shouldn't be that you give up your life for your career. It should be a, a balancing act where both complement each other. And growing up as a young girl in a, you know, a, a regional part of a regional part, 
Were there, were there many barriers in the way? My parents were awesome in that I don't think I had a lot of the barriers that, say, other people I that lived in the same town might have had. So I had two parents who were teachers and who were massively supportive and, and really pushed myself and my brother to, to go. There was never a question that we always had the opportunity, if we wanted to, to go to university. Um, there's definitely barriers that exist from coming from small towns and then also, you know, I am funnily enough female, might, might have picked up on that one. I know that, um, you know, that there are things that um, – experiences that I struggled to have that meant that I didn't directly ever go towards engineering until I came down to, to university and it was just a bit of a fluke that the stars aligned and, and I uh, had a go at my first subjects in engineering and that's how I got into it. It wasn't that I ever had any dreams of being an engineer. Um, I didn't know what an engineer was until I was doing it. And then I was very good at it. Mm. Did you have a Did you have a natural kind of bent towards ma- mathematics, um, towards science, towards problem solving? Science, yes. Problem solving, probably. I think one of my main skills has always been, though, goes back to it's something that my mother drilled into me. She's very proud of it. Um, was communication. So you can be the most amazing designer out there and come up with revolutionary ideas. And if you cannot communicate that, or if your client doesn't want it or your stakeholders don't want it, then it's useless. So probably the the thing that I've brought most to projects and that I kind of have realised is really important is, you know, being able to communicate with everyone and, and to to pivot and use each other's experience and skills and actually deliver something that's useful. <laughs> so Gabby, Ensure's vision is for a sustainable energy future for all. What does that mean for you? It's a bit of a challenging one because, like, there's such a broad spectrum of what sustainability is. Um, so, obviously, we all want to be, you know, not doing damage and and being amazingly environmentally friendly and thinking for forward generations and improving the world that we leave behind. But that's not always so simple. Um one of the go-to ones I would explain is that we still build all of our houses out of uh, wood, so we need to get wood from somewhere. And it's not an easy solution. Um, In order to build wind farms and power stations and anything, we need metal. Steel comes from, with a degree of it, comes from coal. It's not, um, there's, it's about improving all of the practices that we do and being part of the discussion being in the, in the room. If you're not getting involved, then you can't improve anything. If you're sitting and sort of just being like very – this is my experience of it. If you're very black and white, there's so much grey in the middle that you'll miss and so much support that you won't get a chance to be involved in helping people with or providing. Um, so I I don't like to – to batter anyone for their opinions or their thoughts on things. I just like to have a conversation and see how we can do things better. The Battery of the Nation projects that we've got going on are a big part of increasing the, the amount of renewable energy in, in, the, in the grid. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's fantastic. I'm thoroughly loving being a part of it and the opportunities I'm getting because I am involved in that one um, or in, in parts of it. Um, it's, yeah, it's great. It's one of these 
you know, it's a bit like when I, that first project, it's going back to that sort of, cool, we're doing something that's actually tangibly making a difference. So I'm very on board with it. Um, yeah, there's always a lot of challenges and stakeholder aspects to it where people have different opinions. So I, uh, we have conversations about things, but also like you can't have too many conversations because I do sit on the project. So um, just careful that we only discuss things that are publicly available and, and have a, a nice big broad discussion on how things work. It's always really interesting um, explaining to friends, family, other people who are interested in hearing me talk on stuff, um, like you know, how a power system works, what it is that hydro and the network do, how all these systems work. I find the stuff fascinating um, and framing it in a way that a, a you know a, someone who's not necessarily electrically minded can can get behind. Um, you know, most people don't fundamentally understand the concept of frequency, but they'll understand inertia, which is, you know, just rotational energy that we're, we're all moving, spinning in the same path. And, and so, you know, you can, you can pull back to some fundamental concepts that a lot of people get to a degree and, and explain some really complex and interesting stuff and battery of the nation feeds into that. Yeah. And how do you feel about being, as you say, being a part of these almost once in a generation projects? I'm so excited about it. I, uh, yeah, I was stoked when I first got tapped on the shoulder to, to have some involvement. And I haven't been there from the very beginning of, say, Tara Leah, but I was in there for like a, a reasonable part of the scoping. So it's kind of cool to see how the project has changed and to just check in and, oh, how's that going? Um, and yeah, so we've, we've, I've pretty much, I think, largely finished all of my current projects that are on the go with that. So I'll just wait till I get another tap on the shoulder to do something else interesting. Fantastic. So of the projects that you have done hmm. most recently, have you got one that stands out as a as a favourite? Is there a big highlight? It's really coy, but I really enjoy all of the projects for different reasons. I like a big project. I like a little project. Um, I... I've really enjoyed um, assisting Hydro with rolling out like their electric vehicle fleet charging. And that that came about because I had a conversation with someone um, once and then they remembered my name and called me back and, you know, what started as like a, okay, I can give you, you know, a little bit of consultancy advice and just set up a five grand agreement or something like that, something tiny, um, snowballing into like a really quite a big project for, um, well, for me. <laughs> Um, and getting to manage um, Ensura's side of that. So that's been really fun. Um, getting to make relationships within Hydro and you know, roll through different power station upgrades and what they might be after with those. Um, you know, people tapping you on the shoulder and saying, oh, can I get your assistance with that? And I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. Like it's, it's nice that apparently my work's okay, so they're pretty, pretty happy to, to come and have a chat. <laughs> So, There's no particular project, though, sorry. No, that's okay. That's fine. No, all, all the projects is a great answer. I I loved my first – so the first power session I did was Row Island and it had a lot of memories and a lot of history f personally for me. Um, and I remember we were, like, just about to pack up from site and I got tapped on the shoulder by the rest of the guys that were there and they're saying, oh, could you stay up overnight on your own and, and help manage one of the contractors? And the next day was my birthday and I was like, absolutely, I'm getting paid to sit on a beautiful damn wall um, looking at this view, going and doing some stuff with some contractors on my 
I can't remember which birthday it was, um, and staying up in the my, my local area. So that was really cool. Very cool. So you've gone from building services to now renewable energy. Mm. Where do you see yourself going in the future? I don't know, and I'm really happy about that, strangely. Um, I doesn't matter what I've done. I've always had one common like core theme or goal, um, and that was I wanted to be able to be specialist enough and like good enough that I could be anywhere in the world working when I wanted to do what I wanted. So when I was looking to be a doctor, that was there. When I'm doing engineering, that was, you know, like it's it's an ultimate dream. And I've got a couple of colleagues who some of them are in that, that phase where like, you know, I call them, at, if I called them at 3pm in the afternoon, they'd be like, oh no, you'll have to call me back in half an hour. I have to milk my cows or like just really random stuff. And I just, I salute um, that flexibility and that ability to have the life that you want. So I haven't worked out what that is though. <laughs> so following on from that, how have you found that that way of working and that flexibility of work um, shows up at Ventura? Yeah. So it's, it's one of those core things that I really love about the business is um, it's very flexible. Um, we've got the right, at people with the right attitude towards as long as you are, if you agree to do something, you deliver it, but also the support that, you know, things could be going really wrong and, and there's a group around you. But one of the, the core things that I love is I work very hard and very long in winter so that I can not in summer at times. Um, so I'm an avid mountain biker and if the weather's really good, <laughs> I want to go riding. <laughs> so um, we have a, an amazing flexibility system um, that means that hour for hour I can, if I'm working big hours on projects, awesome. I can book in that time to take it when it suits me and when it suits the team, but largely when it suits me to go and live that life I want to live. Um, I live in such an amazing part of the world. I love Tassie. Um, and, uh, yeah, I want to get out and enjoy it as well. Fantastic. And what would you say to someone considering a position at Ventura? Go for it. Have a chat. There's, um, there are so many different areas that you can work in, touch on, um, if you're doing something, you want to try something new, no one's going to stand in your way. Like they're all really encouraging of just being like trying new things and doing awesome things. And it's also really like, I don't think I've had many projects that have been cookie cutter. They're all like reasonably bespoke. Whereas like the normal consultancy environment is we try and, you know, get it right and repeat because that's how you make money. But which awesome. We would like to be making lots of money and doing that sort of, you know, good cookie cutter work. But I honestly don't think we do that much because we, we, we get all the weird and the wild and the interesting stuff. Um, so yeah, really interesting and strange, um, phenomenon that, you know, like if I was working in building services in the middle of the CBD, you just don't get, you know, really weird things occurring too often. You sort of, you work within very strict rules and regulations, but you know, you're working on a remote power station underground in the middle of nowhere. It's a bit different. And you've got to really bring your um, your problem solving skills. Oh, totally. And and be able like be able to pull on resources. Like, um, you know, we might have a specialist in um, 
small grid renewables working on something that's a, like a remote transmission thing or that just lots of strange and interesting different bits and bobs. Um, yeah, it's it's always changing. It's always different. You can always try something different, Great. which is good. Keeps you interested. Indeed. Okay, Gabby, thank you for your time today. It's been great to chat. I've just noticed you've, um, you've painted your nails specially for us. Can you, can you um, give, us, give us a show? Gone with uh, Intura Purple. Good stuff. Yeah, that was a slight accident. A slight accident. Yeah, they were fluoro yellow last week. Okay. But I went fossicking for the weekend because we had a long weekend. So I'm like, cool, go and do that. Chipped everything. It looked appalling. I'm like, I cannot turn up to a work thing where I'm going to be filmed or anything like that. Um, looking that appalling. <laughs> well, it's, it's wonderful. Look, and again, thank you for your time. It's been great to talk about your journey. Um, almost coming full circle, starting off in a hydro hydro area, currently in a hydro area, here for quite a, quite a time to be, I would think. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you for watching this episode of Entura Behind the Scenes. Stay tuned for the next episode coming out soon. Thank you for joining us on this insightful journey behind the scenes at Entura. We hope you've gained valuable insights into the incredible individuals driving a sustainable innovation. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review. Stay tuned for more inspiring conversations as we continue to explore the people and stories shaping our sustainable future. Connect with us on LinkedIn and Facebook and find out more about the work we do at insurer.com.au. Until next time, this is Mark signing off from Insurer's Behind the Scenes, where sustainability meets inspiration.